Okay, so we ended in middle of a sugya last night, and and we're most definitely going to continue. But let's just recap the sugya, and let's discuss how we paskin, and this is more negev than you think. Beside you know, beside cooked vegetables, which you know, I know the Elam is very into, but beside that, it's it's very negev to us. So like this. On the surface, this seems to be a machlekes of Rav and Shmuel versus Rabbi Yechner. Now, in Chista's version, it was Rav. In, in Rav Nachman's version, it was Shmuel. It's always Ula in the name of. It's always Ula in the name of Rabbi Yechner. It seems to be a straight up machlekes. What bracha to make on cooked vegetables? Rav and Shmuel say Shalakis retain their bracha and are a hadamba. Rabbi Yochanan seems to say that cooked vegetables are a shahakal. They lose their status. Straightforward. But then, there seems to be a machlekes, not there seems, there is a machlekes between Rabbi Chista and Rabbi Nachman how to take that machlekes. Rabbi Chista says it's not a machlekes. Rabbi Chista says that everyone agrees. You make a shahakal when the vegetable got worse by cooking, and you make a hadama when the vegetable got better, got enhanced by cooking. And we pointed out from the Mishnah last night that these things are seasonal. Which means the Mishnah was still busy with no one eating raw cabbage. Like our Gemara says. Mishnah points out, by the way, pickled is the same thing as cooked. And that would depend, is the vegetable enhanced by pickling or not? So the Mishnah talks about pickled kraut, you know, sauerkraut, pickled cabbage, sauerkraut, and, and says, like, you know, that's good. So you would make a you would make a hadama on sauerkraut. Um, but you know, like pickled tomatoes would be like a good shila. Is is a pickled tomato, I think they're both bad, but is a pickled tomato better than a raw tomato or not? You know, I guess what what is Rev the Vel told? Anyway, so Rubchista says it's not a machlekas. Whenever it's good, you make a shah, you make a hadama. Whenever it's bad, you make a shahako. Most vegetables are good one way and bad the other way, but by all means, if they're good both ways, make a bracha both ways. Reb Nachman said, no, no, no. It's a machlekas across the board. That Rav slash Shmuel say you always make a shahako. You always make a hadam on cooked vegetables, and Rabbi Yechonet says you always make a shahako on cooked vegetables. How do we paskin? So, it's a machlekes if we paskin like Rabbi Chista's version of the non-machlekes, or Rabbi Nachman's version of the machlekes, in which case we'll paskin like Rabbi Shmuel. So, the riff, for instance, says, we're going with Rav Nachman, it's a machlekes, and Rav and Shmuel win, and you always make a hadama on cooked vegetables no matter what. Taisvis and the Shulchan Aruch here, Taisvis and the Shulchan Aruch both say no. We paskin like Rav Chista. And therefore the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Reish Hay, Sif Aleph, goes through all three levels. So like, listen, Vegetables, you make a hadama whether or not they're cooked or raw. Cooked or, you know, plain. But if it gets enhanced 
or ruined, then you make a shahakal whenever it's worse, and they have done whenever it's better. So the Taisvis and our Machabra and the Mishnah Brura paskin like Rav Chista, that it's not a machlekes, and whenever it's best, you make a hadama cooked or raw. Whenever it's ruined, you make a shahakal cooked or raw. And that's how we pask. Very important, very negeya. But Taisus makes this super duper duper negeya. Taisus says, of course, when you cook something, it retains its bracha if it's good. And that's how you make a hagafen on wine that is mavoshal. Because, says Taisus, if you want to go down that road and wine or anything that is cooked loses its status, you would make a shahakal on wine that is mavoshal. Because it definitely loses a notch. So if you go down that road, you would not make a hagafen on cooked wine. And, you know, that is not an unheard of shita. Shita's rashi in his chuvis as well as the ga'inim, is you make a shahakal on cooked wine, on yayin mavoshal. So this is very important, this sugya of shlokis, that at least under certain circumstances, we can all agree that cooking a vegetable does not change its bracha, because I don't know any of us that have not made kiddush or dalad kaisis on yayin mavoshal. You know, maybe you also make, maybe, some of us probably never make Kiddush on Yayin Shein and Mavushal. Maybe you also make Kiddush on Yayin Shein and Mavushal, but we've all made Kiddush on Yayin Mavushal. We're all slamich on this shita that shlokis berchasen bayer priyadama, and it retains its bracha in order to make a bracha on Yayin Mavushal. What's the reason why Pesach say that people are mocked with that? Because because this machlekes because this very machlekes yeah there's plenty of sheet to say you can't make a magafen it's a, it's a shahako product okay doesn't do the the or something also they didn't that's something else no that's part of it yeah okay that said the gemara gets into another level of this drama here. Omar Rebchia Bar Abba, we are on Lamed Ches Amid Beis. I would say like 10, 15 lines before the medium lines. You know, about two thirds of the way down the page. Omar Rebchia Bar Abba, Omar Rebchianan. Says Rebchia Bar Abba in the name of Rebchianan. Now, we know Rebchianan. We know Rebchianan. Rebchianan is the Shahakal opinion. Rebchianan is one that's how to cook vegetables to make a Shahakal. You make a hadama. That's weird. says in the name of This is the good old that we know. You make a shahakal. So now, not only is it machlekas. Rav and Shmuel versus Rabbi Yechanan. It seems to be a machlekes within Rabbi Yechanan if you make a shahakal on shlokas. Amr of Nachum Bar Yitzchak in what a classic piece of detective work. Amr Nachum Bar Yitzchak. Aha! Kava Ula Lishabishte 
Ula established his mistake like Rabin Yaman Bar Yefes. Now, do you ever hear from many people a Gishemaka juicy rumor? You know, I heard that Rabbi so and so is retiring. So now I hear it from Yanki Schnur. And then I hear it from some guy that lives Mamash on the other side of town. And then I even heard a guy called me from Lakewood that he heard that Rabbi so-and-so is retiring. Oh my gosh. This must be true. I heard it from so many different angles. But then, then I started going, yeah, who told you Rabbi so-and-so is retiring? Feinstein. Then I, you know, then I called the guy from the other side of town. <laughs> then I called the guy from the other side of town. I said, who, you know, because who could talk to all these people? Who told you Rabbi so-and-so is retiring? Feinstein. Then I call the guy in Lakewood, my friend. I say, who told you that Rabbi so-and-so is retired? Feinstein. So, so it comes out that although it sounded like super-duper geschmack, it's really, it's not that pervasive of a rumor. It all can be tied down to one place. You know, we have this in school all the time. It's like half snowing outside. And like, you know, and you start hearing from 50 different places that school's letting out early. Then you find out it's all the same shtickmacher whose name doesn't rhyme with Ackman, that, that started this rumor. And you find that, eh, it's all one, it's nothing good. Says the Gemara, aha, I tracked this whole thing down. I figured this whole thing out. <coughs> this whole rumor that Rabbi Yochanan holds, you make a shahakal on Shalakis, all came from a bad version of Shir from Rabbi Yochanan, named Rabbi Yaman Bar Yafis. Says the Gemara, because look, we have here, even within Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Abba said, it's a Hadama in Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yaman Bar Yefes said, it's a Shahakal in Rabbi Yechanan. Now, Ula was the one that quoted Rabbi Yechanan yesterday saying, it's a Shahakal. Says the Gemara, I tracked it down. Kava Ula l'shabishte. Ula established his mistake it's all one big rumor that emanated from Binyamin Bar Yefes and says the Gemara, Tohiba. Tohiba. Rabzera wondered. Like he was like, what? V'chima inyan. Is there any comparison? Rebin Yamin Bar Yefes, It comes down to it that there's a machlekas. What was Rabbi Yechanan's opinion? Between Rebchia Bar Abba and Rabbi Yaman Bar Yefes. Rebchia Bar Abba is the man. Rebchia Bar Abba, Dayik, number one. He was very particular when he heard Shir. He took it really seriously. Vigomer Shmaitze, and he learned the Sugya, Mir Biechen Rabbi, from Rabbi Yechen and his Rabbi. Rabbi Yaman Bar Yefes, Lay Dayik. Rabbi Yaman Bar Yefes was not very particular in Shir. <laughs> He didn't take such good notes. He wasn't so medayik in the Lashon of Rabbi Yechanan. He wasn't that into Shir. Void. Rabbi Bar Abba, called to Lashon Yoimin every 30 days, Mahadr Talmudei would go over his learning, Kaim Rabbi Yechanan Rabbi. Which means, you know, sometimes you hear Shir and you never check with the Rebbe. Did you get exactly what he meant? Rabbi Bar Abba had a habit of every 30 days going over to Rabbi Yechanan and chazering everything. So 
the way Rebbe came out, he came out that this is like, the, he went every month. Taisa says, even though it sounds from the Gemara like he hazard all of his learning every 30 days, and many Rishanim do learn that, Taisa says, no, no, he just hazard sheer monthly of the last month with Rabbi Yechanan. But in either case, number one, he was much more particular in Shir. Number two, he hazard Shir much, much, much better. Rabbi Yaman Bar-Yef is Mahadr. So says the Gemara, this is where this whole mess up happened. Rabbi Yechanan's opinion, who Ula quoted yesterday, was really a misquote of Rabbi Yechanan because two people that were in the Shir at the same time had a machlekas between each other, what Rabbi Yechanan holds, and the one who said Shahakal is not the prime Talmud, and the one who said Hadama is the prime Talmud. So now the whole Shita that said Hadama is not very, is not very reliable. Void. And beside this this proof from who's a better Talmud, we could bring real proofs. Barmendain, beside this, that he was a better listener. Ubarmendain, and beside this, that he was a better Chazerer. Dahutur Musa, there was once this lupine. What? L-U-P-I-N-E. I don't either. Um, but it's, it's a, yeah, but a big bean, a long bean. Um, a long bean. Like Jim Beam, no, Bean, B E A N, like beanbag. The Shalkila, now um, the lupines, they're not very good fresh, but they can become very good if they're cooked for a long time. The Shalkila, they cooked it, Shva Zimnin, seven times Bikadera in a pot, Vaachla Bikinuach Suda, and they ate it for dessert. So here you have an example of a vegetable that was cooked. What bracha do you make on it? They asked Rabbi Yechanan, says, Mamish, we're going to see exactly what Rabbi Yechanan holds. He said, you make a very proud dhamma. So, I mean, like, game over, checkmate. Your whole shita that said shahako was based on Rabbi Yechanan. So besides the fact that Machleik is Rabbi Yechanan, besides the fact that the day that says it's a hadama Rabbi Yechanan, the shita that says it's a hadama is Mamish borne out by a psak of Rabbi Yechanan himself. V'oid! And furthermore, Amr B'chibar Abba, Ani Reisis Rabbi Yechanan, I saw Rabbi Yechanan, She'ochel Zayis Maliach, Rabbi Yechanan ate a salted olive. Now, the halacha, like most Rishonim, all over, is that salting is like cooking. <laughs> so for instance, if you take a salty, if you take, start again, if you take a cold raw piece of meat that's straight from the cow and put it next to a cold piece of uh, cheese that's not salty, a cold piece of fermented milk, a piece of cheese, yogurt, not salty at all, and you put them next to each other in the same bag in the refrigerator, mamish tight, for 19 hours, you say, whoops, shoots, no problem. Rinse it off, eat both. Eat both. There's no transfer of the meat to the milk and the milk to the meat. Because transfer is only accomplished by heat. So since this wasn't cooked together, it just touched each other, it's 100% fine. Which is why I always find it funny when people like scream at the cashier at Seven Mile Market when she puts like the chopped meat in a package and the American cheese in a package in the same bag and the guy has a cow. Like even if they would be open, it would be fine. Anyway, 
because it's not cooked together. But if you take a piece of salty meat, if you take a piece of beef jerky, and you put it next to a piece of American cheese, which has salt, and you put it next to each other for a very short amount of time, they are both treif. They are basar b'chalav. And basar b'chalav deraisa. So, we see from here that salting something has the exact same din of cooking it, and that's what we call maliach kareteach. Making something salty is like cooking it. So, whatever discussion we have about cooked vegetables, same thing will be about salted vegetables, like the Mishabura said. Mishabura said this is going also on salted, pickled vegetables. Mamish, because. Right? Uh, that's a simon shilchanarach. How much salt? That, that, that's a simon shilchanarach. Like, the, the spoiler alert, we're very machmer. <laughs> yes, it applies to anything. It, it apply, it, it's not even a dinner basar b'chalav. It applies to anything. Basar b'chalav is an example of it. Prime example of it. Says the Gemara, So Rabbi Yechon Ochel Zayis Maliach Ubarachal Etchila V'saif And he made a bracha both before and after. So from the fact, I don't know what he said, but he was definitely muttering something. So from the fact that he said a bracha, it for sure retains the status, even though it was cooked slash salted. What does it mean he made a bracha? Says the Gemara. If you say that cooked vegetables retain their status, I could explain the bracha he made before and the bracha he made after. At first he made ha'etz because salting doesn't change it. And afterwards he made an alaparis because Rabbi Yechonon holds so, um, cooking something, shlokis doesn't change his status. If you say that cooking vegetables don't retain their status, well, you would have made a shahako but there's no bracha chreina on shahako. There's no bracha chreina on shahako. <coughs> so you see from there that of course, you see from there that of course, salting doesn't change it. Because after all, he made a bracha chreina on a salty olive. So you see, it doesn't change it. So says, more, what? Maybe he made a bernafoshes. Dilma bernafoshes, rabbis chasren al komasha Okay, whoops, that was not a bad ride. What, what his havamina was, Tzlach talks about it. Tzlach says maybe he's going like the shita, you don't make a bracha chren on vegetables, which we'll get to at the end of the parak. So that riot didn't do anything for us. But don't let that damp your enthusiasm, which means we already have like a pile, a pile of riots, which means, number one, the whole shita of Rabbi Yechen based on Ula came down to be a machlegas what Rabbi Yechanan really held, and the reliable opinion was that he held, it retains its bracha. Number two, the lupine story. So, the bean story. So, says the Gemara, it's pretty clear that everyone holds you would make a hadama on cooked vegetables. Says the Gemara, one second. Really? This is a Mishnah Psachim. Yerokis, the vegetables. Any vegetables on those list of five 
that qualify for marrow. Yaitzi behen. You could be yaitzi with the leaves. Ubekalach shalahen. And the stalks, which a lot of people do. Avo. But the following forms of marrow are unacceptable. Avalaikvushin. Not if they're pickled. That, that takes away the sharpness. Vulei shalukin. Not very well cooked. And not even blanched. So you see from here, very clearly, that cooking something causes it to lose its status. So therefore, we're in trouble. We basically said, everyone agrees that shlokis, you make a hadama, as if to say, shlokis retained its bracha. As like Taisa said, that's why you make a hagafen on grape juice mavoshal. But says the Gemara, really? If Bishel doesn't change a status, why wouldn't you be able to be yoytse morrow with cooked vegetables? Why would you not make a why would you not be able to be yoytse morrow on shlukim? That's where it says, Shani Hasam, Slow down. Morrow is a whole nother bar. Mara is a whole nother facet. Everyone agrees cooking keeps the status. But is it the exact same taste? Does cooking blunt some of the taste? Yeah. Not that it changes the bracha, but it changes some of the taste. By Mara, you need to taste fresh. By Mara, you need the taste of raw vegetables. By Mara, it needs to be in its sharpest form. Therefore, says the Gemara, it's not a stira. Yes, we believe. Yes, we believe. Shlokis are a... Hadama. Yes, we believe cooking doesn't change the status. Yes, we believe Shlag is Bilmosayukaimi. Just not for Mara. One last point the Gemara wants to make. One last point the Gemara wants to make, totally Zaitik, then we'll get back into Shlokis tomorrow. You said a, a little thing. You said Rabbi Yechanan made a Brachorishina and Achraina on an olive. Now, an olive is a Kizayas. Because an olive is a zayas. So in order to be chayi bracha chrena, you have to eat a kezayas. Problem is, when you eat an olive, you're never eating a kezayas. Because you take out the pit. So in, other words, in order for the olive to be the size of a kezayas, it has to be a full zayas. You're not eating the pit. So inherently, per force, if you eat an olive, you're not eating a kezayas. So the Gemara says, we were very careful about that lashon. It says, we ate an olive and made a bracha chrena. How do you make a bracha chrena on an olive? Inherently, unless you eat a pit, it's less than a kezayis. Frank the Gemara. How did he make that bracha on that olive salted, salted olive? Came into Shkila Ligarine. Once he took out the pit, it subtracted from the shear. Aha, this is where you went wrong. The shear of Kezayis is a medium olive. So you're right. If you started with a medium olive and took out the pit, you'd end up with too small of an olive to make a bracha achrena on. But if you start out with a jumbo olive, then such an olive, even losing its pit, can afford to lose its pit and still retain the shear. Do you think when we talk about the shear Kezayis, we're talking about the largest olive? But you know, Shir, Kezai's Bainini Bainun. The Shir is a medium olive. Vahahu. 
That olive that they brought in front of Rabbi Yechanan Zayis Gadol Hava originally was a jumbo olive. The Afa gave the shklua ligarinte, even though they took out the pit, pashle shira. It remained the proper shear ditanan, like we learned in the Mishnah. Zayis Shamru, the classic Zayis, it's not a small olive, not a huge olive, it's a medium olive. It's known colloquially as an aguri. Says the Gemara, by the way, its scientific name is not aguri, it's really an avrute. Some say its scientific name is Samruse. So why is it called Agure? Colloquially, because an olive stores its oil within an agur, is a lotion of storage, and that's why it got its name. But the bottom line is, is that's how Rabbi Yechanan was able to make a bracha on a single olive because it started off too big, and then when he popped out the pit, the rest of the olive was the perfect shear, and that's how he made a bracha on an olive. We'll stop here tonight. We'll continue tomorrow night.